I finally got the Tilt 5 AR goggles I kickstarted in 2019. I have some very early impressions. Plus, the full game list for the Sega Genesis Mini 2 has been released with some controversy from our community. Tonight is August 21st, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. It finally happened to me, Rob. Where I open everything up and it's like, I don't know what your audio devices are. Oh, you're streaming right now? Oh, okay, sure. So going through and changing all my streaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice Geeks Network, thanks you so much for being here on this Sunday night. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, we do tape the show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash network. That is where I'll be trying to read intelligent comments for, from chat throughout the night. But we are a podcast. Go over to our Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord. And uh, you can uh, contribute to the show uh, during the week and uh, tell me what I'm missing. Because unfortunately, right now in my life, I am not paying attention to anything during the week. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I talked about it on a previous podcast. So I'm kind of like out of the loop on a lot of the the new stuff. And so when everybody's upset about something, I'm like, hey, why are we upset? Let me know. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight and what I've kind of gleaned from that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and uh, I, I had some audio issues earlier. I've got a Go XLR mixer. What essentially happens is um, for whatever reason, it changed... Uh, when like maybe the USB got unplugged or replugged in or something when I turned the computer on, and so all the IDs uh, underneath of what the uh, audio, video, and audio inputs and outputs are, uh, the IDs changed. So all my all my programs were directly referencing like the broadcast stereo mix output or the chat mic input and things like that, uh, and so those didn't exist anymore. So I hit I hit streaming and there was nothing going on, and so I had to like hurry hurryingly that's not a word. But I had to quickly uh, change a bunch of things and, like, update Discord so it would work and all that stuff, too. So, uh, yes, that that's what happened. And, and since I, my, I haven't been using this computer most of the week, I didn't realize it earlier. It was probably a Windows update or something that did something. I don't know. Anyway, let's stop talking about tech. Uh, we will not be here in two weeks here on the show because we are going to be at DragonCon. I am going to be there. Rob's going to be there. We're going to be having a grand old time. And I am moderating several panels and appearing on a couple others at Dragon Con, only doing one, uh, only doing two tracks. So the EFF track didn't want me back. I'm not paranoid enough to be on the EFF track and on any of their panels, so they didn't ask for me back. Uh, and uh, I did the Star Trek track a, a while ago, uh, but the person I knew at the Trek track, he's no longer involved. So it is just the uh, digital media track, which is all podcasting, streaming, YouTubing, TikToking, uh, Instagramming, blogging, whatever, uh, and the video game track. And I am thrilled that the schedule finally got updated in the app so I can finally talk about what I'm going to be doing. So uh, Friday, 
the, the convention goes Friday to Monday. Friday at 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, this is the panel I proposed. Uh, and it's on the digital media tracks. So this is where we talk shop a little bit. But uh, I've titled it, How Do You Do Fellow Kids Thriving on Streaming Media After 40? Uh, because um, I'm 29. And so I'm, I'm obviously the best person for that panel. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm over 40 along with everybody else. And uh, so, uh, but it's basically uh, because streaming and podcasting and Twitch streaming and stuff like that, this is, there's a lot of younger people doing this. It's mostly people in their 20s and 30s. So when you get into like the Gen Xers and maybe even people who are beyond Gen X uh, trying to stream and trying to, trying to be relevant in this space, uh, that, that's not as easy as you may think. Uh, and I have a hot take that I'm going to give that's probably going to anger people who are my age uh, when I talk about it. And uh, you're going to have to be at the panel or watch it at twitch.tv slash DC Digital Media. That is the one panel I'm on that will be streamed on the Twitch channel. So that is Friday at 2.30 Eastern. Uh, so it's like 11.30 a.m. Pacific. That panel will be streamed on uh, the dig- uh, Digital Media Tracks Twitch channel. Uh, and it is the only one that's going to be free streamed that I'm going to be talking about here. So you can watch that. And uh, I will say who else is on it. Uh, the McElroys are on it. You know, uh, Justin McElroy. And I think who who is the I know Justin McElroy on it, who used to be with Joystick. And we actually like very early on uh, in my podcasting career, Justin and I had some kind of like narrow cast spat on the Joystick podcast in 2005. Uh, but um, Clint and Justin. McElroy from uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me and, uh, and, and, you know, podcasting fame. They're on it, too. So we're going to ask them how they stay relevant. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, so that, I'm going to be doing that panel. That's the first one I'm doing. And that's one I'm moderating. That is the one I submitted. And uh, there, there's and Rob's going to be on it. And Phaedra Black, who's been on a couple of my panels here in the Atlanta area, she's going to be on it as well. Um as well as Todd Cochran, who is uh, uh, he's he's one of the heads at uh, Blueberry, which is which B L U B E R B R R Y or something like that, uh, and uh, he's Geek News podcast. So uh, Saturday at eleven thirty a.m., I am moderating a panel for the video game track called Activism in Video Gaming. So this is uh, basically going to be talking with panelists who've worked in the game industry about the history of activism inside gaming. Uh, you know, because in in the description they give, it's actually you know they talk about the word woke in quotes, uh, and you know just talking about how long video games have been active, uh, have been, had some kind of activist bent uh, in what's going on in the world, and it's gone on for a lot longer than you think. At 2.30 that afternoon, Saturday is a very busy day, uh, I'm going to be on some digital media track panels. These are actually ones I'm not moderating. I'm actually just on these panels. So the first one, shake your tail feathers, tail feathers. So you have a podcast. Now what? So it's about, okay, you've started your podcast. What's step two? Um, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of these panels talk about how to start your podcast. Well, now you've started it. Now what? Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. And then at four o'clock, so you have a face for radio, surviving the evolution of podcasting to video. And uh, the the these two are not going to be streamed. They are usually filmed and maybe put up on YouTube later, but they're not streamed live because they're in the secondary room. The interesting thing about that one is that's the panel I've moderated for several years now, and I was asked uh, to submit something different. Because I did, um, you know, uh, Video Didn't Kill the Radio Podcast Star uh, was the one we did. And we actually did it in like 2018, 2019, 2020, virtually, and then 2021. Uh, and we were, and uh, they were, Digital Media Track was like, hey, 
uh, submit something different. Try something different. So that's why I did the how do you do, fellow kids. And then somebody else submitted the, this panel, and so they're running it now, which is fine. Which is fine. Uh, Tiger Class, is, is this happening in September? I don't see the date. So it's in two weeks. It's like September 1st through 4th. Uh, so it's the first weekend in September is when Dragon Con is. So that's my Saturday. Sunday, I am doing the big panels with the video game track. I'm actually really excited about these, and I haven't actually uh, looked as much as, as who's on these yet uh, because I've been kind of busy with life. But on Sunday at 1 o'clock, this one might be available on the DragonCon TV subscription service because it is a ballroom panel. It's in the Weston Peachtree Ballroom, so there's going to be several hundred people in the audience. A voice actor Q&A with the voice actors of Red Dead Redemption. Uh, so Marston, Morgan, and Dutch are uh, a part of this. So it uh, looks like Roger Clark, Benjamin Byron Davis, Alex McKenna, and Rob Weithoff. Uh This is going to be one of their many. I think they've got like three or four Q&A panels uh, throughout the weekend. Rob is actually moderating the one they're doing on Monday. But I think they're doing one on Saturday that somebody else is moderating. I'm moderating their Sunday one, and then Rob's moderating their Monday one. Uh, so that's going to be interesting, and I'm going to have to brush up a little bit on my Red Dead Redemption knowledge. Uh, but uh, with these, they're going to have people submitting questions. I'm only going to really be doing the in- introductions and making sure nobody rushes the stage. Then at 4 o'clock on Sunday, this one will not be streamed. This is in just one of the video game uh, panels and uh, panel rooms, and they don't even record these. So you've got to be there to see this. This is 30 Years of Mortal Kombat. Uh, and uh, this is with Carlos Piscina and Master Daniel Piscina. Uh, they have, um, and I believe these are the uh, the motion capture actors. Um, so Carlos Piscina is the artist, is an artist and lead game action concept designer uh, for that uh, for Mortal Kombat. And then Master Daniel Piscina uh, developed and performed the characters Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, and Smoke, as well as organized a path for the game and the development of all the playable personalities of Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2. So uh, that one's going to be very interesting. And so I'm going to also be brushing up a little bit on my Mortal Kombat. So, uh, yeah, seven panels. Six. Six panels. Excuse me. I cannot count. Six panels this year across Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if you're going to be at a, at a Dragon Con, realize they do have a... They, they are uh, requiring masks, but they're not requiring vaccinations. They're not requiring tests, but they are still requiring masks to be worn. Uh, so if you feel safe coming out to Dragon Con, uh, I'd love to see you. Uh, so uh, give us a... Hit us up either on the Discord or uh, on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. So... Uh, so I am excited to be a part of it. And thank you to DragonCon. I am an attending professional. So if you have the DragonCon app, you can find me as in the speakers tab as Bobby Blackwolf, uh, and find all the stuff I'm on as the schedule changes that will also update. Uh, and, uh, I am also very thankful for the digital media track, Charles and, uh, Kevin over at the video gaming track, uh, for trusting me with their guests and uh, we're going to have some fun. Dark to see says, I know Ed Boone has been tweeting behind the scenes stuff about my Mortal Kombat previously. I can't imagine there will be new stories at the panel. It's more about what people ask. It's, it's what people ask at the panel. So, uh, yeah. Fifth dream says, yes, that person was every ninja. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so it's not necessarily about news stories because, um, you know, what you may have heard before, most other people probably haven't heard before. Uh, and so that's why 
that's why you hear a lot of things uh, a lot uh, and, and over and over again. If you really follow something a lot, you're going to hear the same story over and over. But I guarantee you there's a bunch of other people that don't know it. Um, and there's a great X, X, KXCD or XKCD. I always see it written, so I forget what order the letters are. Uh, comic about how, you know, every you might be one of the first 10,000 people who didn't know something that everybody else knew. Uh, so that that's what to keep in mind. It's not necessarily news stories, but it's going to be stories told in a way that you probably haven't heard before. So Dragon Con, it is in two weeks, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope to see y'all there. So I'm now going to talk about something that I've, I got in the past week. Uh, I, or, I kickstarted this back in 2019, so I am a Kickstarter backer. Uh, so you can take it, you know, use that information with what you will about me talking about this product. I did not receive it for free. I did pay for it, but I paid for it about three or four years ago. And it is a new set of augmented reality goggles, and they are called the Tilt 5. This is Jerry Ellsworth. This is what she was working on after uh, the Valve Cast AR stuff. Uh, and these are designed... And the idea here is that they are uh, for board gamers. And it is so you can play a board game in AR with your friends. And so these are augmented reality goggles. Uh, they look like uh, they just look like big, big glasses. They have uh, kind of flimsy plastic on the back uh, and they are prone to cracking. But you, you can put them on and uh, and and you look awesome and amazing with with these glasses on. So. uh these are very early stages in development. Uh, so I'm actually going to be running some B-roll here on, on the stream of, of how this actually works. Now, the interesting thing to know about this is that this is not like the HoloLens where the holograms appear around you. There actually is a, uh, a mat, a play mat, that has a like non-reflective material on it. It's really interesting uh, how this works. And that is what you use the AR with, because remember the idea is to play board games. So you're standing around a board game table and you're playing board games, looking inside of it. So, so the, what, what you do first is you're going to spread out this mat and there are two different mats. There's the LE and the XE. Uh, the LE is much smaller than the XE, and of course, I got the XE, and this thing is huge. Uh, so you you pull it out, and, and you put it down on a flat surface. You can also raise up one end of it, uh, but you put you. I I don't I haven't done that yet, and I haven't found anything that does it. But it's this dark gray, and it's a non-reflective surface, which is very very important to what we're going to be showing here. So. You set it down, and then you you plug in uh, through a USB three. It's got to be it's is really pushing the limits of USB three. And uh, then you look down at the at the mat, and you have a little wand that has a uh, that has a, a control stick, two big buttons, a system button, and then kind of four face buttons like your A B X Y, which they're also in different configurations than everybody else. The A button is on the left, really. Uh, so, you know, because patents, I guess. Uh, and it comes with a demo of this, like this little, um, this little marble rolling game, which is what you're, what they're seeing and what you're hearing on the screen right now. But you're looking down into this, uh, 
into this play area and looking looking down among the world. And you can move around. Uh, and they really want you to move all the way around the uh, the play area, except there's one problem. And I'm going to pause the video right here, and I'm going to show you something. So there's one problem, because they want you to look, move around. And this is not wireless. In fact, it is wired. It is uh, using this one USB cable that's probably three feet. So you cannot stray further than three feet away from your uh, fr- from your laptop. So, and and what they've done, it's it's not a normal USB cable. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it isn't. It's a USB C cable, but they've got like this very specific end on the on here. And uh, E3VL says buy an extension. The problem with extensions is because it's sending so much data, you need to make sure that you get the right extension that can handle it or just buy a longer cable but unfortunately because so what they've done which is actually kind of smart is that in the top of the the headset it's got the little area uh that where you plug it in but the end of the cable actually has a very specialized end so it kind of sits flush inside the headset it actually once you have it plugged in it looks like it's part of the headset so you have to worry about not straying too far. And unfortunately, the, the thing that they keep showing you is that you can walk around the board game, you can walk around the table and see others, you know, see what's going on. And uh, you can't, but you can't stray three feet away from your laptop because I, I am running it on a laptop and it, and it ran kind of fine. Um, the first time I was running it, it actually kind of messed up a little bit and it was not working. But then when I was filming all this in a different area, it's, it was working fine. It wasn't dropping anything. Uh, there is a fan inside this and you can actually hear it pretty well. Uh, so the fan is very loud uh, in by your ears. Uh, and there is a small speaker and it kind of does the kind of like it's, it's right here uh, on the right, right above your ear. So it's not like an earbud or anything. Uh, but that's what comes out of the glasses, and it's pretty soft, and even uh, is pretty soft when you first pl- uh, when you first plug it in. You have to turn it up in the in the system settings, uh, and you turn it up to a hundred, and you still can't really hear it. E three VL says you can strap your laptop on your body. You could, you can. Uh, eventually, it's going to work on Android, which then you would just plug it directly into your Android device, and you can have the Android device in your pocket. But they don't have the Android stuff ready yet. So, uh, Pod Culture asks, how is it over glasses? It's weird because uh, I, I did wear it over the only t- the first time I tried it with contacts was when I filmed the video that I'm showing. I'm going to go back to showing in the background, but it's weird because they have to sit far away from your glasses because you probably can't tell, but the actual uh, lenses it's kind of triangular, so it's not they don't they're not flat lenses. So they kind of form a triangle. And I'm going to show you why. And uh, Tiger Claw says, perhaps they're going to work on a Wi-Fi version that uses the full speed of Wi-Fi 6. Uh, they are not working on that right now. I can tell you that. But um, it's so so it's kind of weird. They have to sit a little bit farther away. But I was able to get, I, I got used to it. But yes, I, I wore my glasses under these for the first times I was using it. And then... Uh, I, I use my contacts to film the video today, and it felt much better with contacts. These are not very glasses-friendly. Uh, the Breakman asks, how heavy is it? Uh, not as heavy as my VR headsets. It's actually the lightest AR VR headset I've ever used, uh, and I've, got, I've been able to use a bunch of them. Uh, and they, didn't fe- they don't feel heavy on my head, but 
there is a fan, and apparently this thing overheats with other people, and so they've had to attach another fan, which does add some weight to the top. Anyway, we're going to go back to the video over here and have it playing on the end. Um, so the games are all built, or everything in this is built in Unity. They have not put out their Unreal Engine uh, stuff yet, but it's pretty easy to, to get things to work uh, with this. Now, the Marvel game they're showing only uses the uh, the analog stick. Uh, but there are it, there is motion control, and I'm going to show you one other thing that I that was free on Steam uh, that does use some of the motion control. So, uh, but you can see that I can like look around the board and kind of look in, but you're still looking inside the board. So now I'm going to be showing how it works, and this is the part that blew my mind. So there's these projectors. You think it's like showing to you? No, it is not. There are these tiny projectors that are reflecting on the lenses onto the game board. And so if you stand in the right place, you can see it, even if you're not wearing the glasses. And the glasses themselves are polarized, and they give you a better view. And so that's how you get your stereoscopic view. Other people standing around can't see it, but if you stand right behind the person using them, you can actually see the game board, and you can see what it is going behind it. And so there's just these little projectors uh, that are uh, that that are shooting stuff down to the game board. Dark class, what's the refresh rate? I haven't looked that up. Uh, it did not seem that bad. I Welcome. think it was sixty. To th- grab an object, press the. But remember, you're also seeing the world around you. So you're not just go. in VR. You're you're seeing the entire world Holograms around you. The the holograms are only inside the, uh, the the game board. So this one is uh, this one's a Figment XR. Uh, it's based on Tilt Brush, but you can see that this uses the wand, and it's the wand is in 3D space. You can point at things, you can move things around, and I also wanted. I have uh, if you listen to the the background here. To resize your model, when you hear the clicking, it's a very loud click with the the uh, the wand. It's not a very quiet wand here. Now, the thing about uh, the this this app uh, that I didn't like is you cannot relocate that menu. Uh, and it's very small, and a lot of times, because I am three feet away from the cord, and if you see on the video, you can actually see me uh, basically, like, standing as far away from my laptop as I can. And I am not really close enough to be able to read the menu all that well. So, um, and, and, and pointing was kind of weird. I, I haven't figured out where I'm supposed to point, what I'm supposed to point with. Uh, trying to hit some of these small menu items that were in this particular app, which was free, uh, it was kind of hard. And I was trying to figure out really how I can do uh, this stuff and what I can do. So, yeah, so, I am, uh, so I, I'm very excited to see where this goes, but uh, the, the length of the cable kind of sucks. Also, the fact that it overheated a couple times uh, when I was first using it, which means you can only use it for about 10 minutes before it overheats, that's an issue. Also, even if you're not in an app, it's running. It's actually like projecting something, uh, so the fan is running. So you actually like literally have to unplug it for it to work. Uh, and uh, it, it's still it's still really in the early stages, even though it's kind of been in development for three years. But unlike uh, the Amico, it actually has come out. 
uh, and you can get like multiple headsets and different boards, uh, but only one computer can run a board at a time. Uh, so you're, you're going to have to have, you know, four laptops if you want four people, but they can all use that same board because it is not reflective. It only reflects back to you. Uh, so multiple people can stand around the exact same board and use things like that. And the Breakman says 10 minutes. Yes. Uh, and it is a huge issue. They know about it. They're trying to like figure out why it's happening and stuff like that. But when I was filming those videos, it took me a lot longer than 10 minutes and it worked fine. So I wonder if that was just like the first night uh, or whatever like that. So uh, people were talking about the wand. Uh, so I actually do have the wand actually standing here, uh, sitting here. And so it's got it's it's got a, a really long stem. It looks like a, it looks like a lighter, long long lighter that you would use to light a fire or something. Uh, but there is a uh, clickable uh, control stick, so you can click it in. There's a one and a two button. There's a system button, and then there's four face buttons, which the A is on the left because they have to like not run afoul of of things but i will also say that uh you there it's oriented to the side so then the a is on the bottom like it is in most places uh pod culture says it looks like a wiimote and a walkie-talkie at a baby that's that's another way of looking at it you can find more information about this on tilt five and this wand does take two double a batteries so it's uh you don't have to charge it or anything like that which i like i'm kind of getting tired of you know having these controllers that the battery dies and you have to go plug it in somewhere, which means you can't use it. Whereas I can just change this in five minutes, you know, five minutes, open up the battery compartment, take out the two AA batteries, put in new, fresh new AA batteries, and the batteries can be rechargeable. Uh, and, you know, I, that's I, I kind of prefer that. So that's why I like actually what Xbox does with theirs. They've got that. Uh, but the, when if I'm, you know, done with the play, if I've been playing a PlayStation game too long, I have to stop and let the battery charge. ZenMonkey11 says the 90s are back, baby. So, so yeah, so I'm interesting. I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what more happens with that. Uh, I did play uh, Tabletopia, which is essentially a free version of Tabletop Simulator, if you played that on Steam. It's also on Steam, uh, and I've played that, and it's got a Tilt 5 version where you can play the game inside Tilt 5. Uh, but uh, it was very blurry, uh, and it was kind of hard to control. I haven't really figured out all how to control it. So I may need to, like, hook up with uh, maybe Bowl, who is uh, on our Discord and he's he got his tilt five I think last month, and maybe hook up and do some multiplayer stuff because it's it's got like a, there's a Bomberman clone where you're playing Bomberman in the tilt five, uh, but it's multiplayer only, and so I don't want to play with random. So I will I will bomb pull at some point maybe I don't know. Um, so yeah, so if you want to check out tilt five, it's uh, I think it's t i l t f i v e dot com I think is there. You just Google tilt five and you'll find it. Uh, and you can see more information about it and what games support it. There's about 60 games that support it. Four of them are free. So uh, it's not exactly... It, it's it's kind of interesting that it's kind of VR. It's more VR than AR because you're only looking down at the board. And the, all the holograms are inside that board. So it looks like you're looking down as a window into something. You're not looking into something. It's not around you. And you can still see everything around you. And because it's a projection... It's, it's seeing the projection from the mat. When your wand is in front, you can see your wand. So if you put something in front of you, it obstructs the AR. Uh, but, but everything works fine still. So uh, it's a really interesting take on how to do AR. Uh, whereas it's not just showing... It's showing you images, 
but using it in a different way than I thought of for VR or AR. It's not showing the images in your lenses. It's shining the image onto the surface and hitting and coming back to you. The Breakman says if they fix the problems, they could have something really good here. That's what I'm thinking. I think this is this is kind of this really neat technology, really interesting technology. And uh, if you are going to be at Dragon Con, I'm going to bring this with me. So you can try it at Dragon Con, maybe in the Vogue Suite, if Rob will let us. Uh, and the 10 minutes, uh, that's a huge issue with the overheating. Uh, they can work on that in software. And also, like, maybe, you know, with, with the glasses. I know they've sent some replacement glasses to other people. But that only happened the first night. It didn't happen today. And I was using it for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes to capture all those clips today. So I think that was, I don't know why that was happening, and I didn't have, like, good logs on it. Uh, And it might have been my laptop. I don't know. Uh, There might have been some power setting on my laptop that wasn't working, or maybe I, you know, was, I today I wasn't using my USB mouse. So I don't know if that was it, because they are pushing the limits of what you can send over USB 3.2. So uh, let's talk about the news real quick. How about uh, the Sega Genesis Mini 2 is coming out, and the game list was uh, was finally given the full game list for the Mini 2 for the United States. Um, so uh, let's check out Polygon reports that uh, 12 of the games are Sega CD titles. Uh, so we've got in this for, for the Genesis... Afterburner 2, Alien Soldier, Atomic Runner, Bonanza Brothers, Clay Fighter, Crusader of Senti, Desert Stroke, Return of the Gulf, Earthworm Jim 2, Elemental Master, Fatal Fury 2, Gain Ground, Golden Axe 2, Grenada, Hellfire, Herzog's Wii, Lightning Force Quest for the Dark Star, Midnight Resistance, Outrun, Outrunners, not Spy Hunter, Fantasy Star 2, Populous, Rainbow Islands Extra, Ranger X, Restar, Rolling Thunder 2, Shadow Dancer, The Secret of Shinobi, Shining Force 2, Shining in the Darkness, Sonic 3D Blast, Splatterhouse 2, Streets of Rage 3, Super Hang On, Super Street Fighter 2, The New Challengers, The Ooze, The Revenge of Shinobi, Toe Jam and Earl in Panic in Funkotron, Truckston, Vector Man 2, Viewpoint, Virtual Racing, War Song, and then Sega CD Games... Uh, Echo the Dolphin, Echo the Tides of Time, Final Fight CD, Mansion of Hidden Souls, Night Stalker, Night Trap, Robo Aleste, Sewer Shark, Shining Force CD, Silphied, Sonic the Hedgehog CD, and The Ninja Warriors. So, uh, and Dark Tessia says, I don't think Spy Hunter ever made it to Genesis. Good because Outrun's where it's at. So those are the titles that are going to be on the Sega Genesis Mini 2. You can only purchase it through Amazon Japan because they're saying they're making like only a tenth of the number of these. So you have to have it pre-ordered from Amazon Japan. You're paying shipping on it. No Amazon Prime. So it's like $99 uh, and then uh, $16... $99 plus $22 for shipping. So it comes out to about $122. Uh, you're not going to be able to buy these in stores. You're going to have to have gotten it from from Amazon to be able to get it. So one thing that was interesting to me and how I knew this game list came out is because everybody was upset about it in our Discord. Not, and it, just people in our Discord, really. And I, I'm sure that there's other people out there that were upset. But there was a lot of, of, of hubbub on here on our Discord and, and even like canceled orders because they wanted to play. Lunar, the Silver Star. 
and I think the Eternal Blue is the other one, which were very, very good Sega CD games. In fact, I own Lunar the Silver Star, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and they wanted to play that. And Lunar is on the Japanese version of the the, the Mega Drive uh, version of this. So, it, but they're not coming to the U.S. And it's because of the localization. So I even had um, uh, Dungeon Buster also help with this, but everybody kind of you know gave me a little bit of snippets of things so I could figure out what's going on because this is not actually something that's on the news sites, and uh, it's it's because of uh, the localization being owned by someone else. So uh, according to a couple of Twitter threads, CJ Iwakura. Uh, talked to uh, a person named Victor Ireland, who uh, owns, uh, what was the name of the company he owns now? Gaijin Works. But he did the localization and the audio for the original Lunar Games on Sega CD. And uh, Victor Ireland wrote and uh, wrote this person and says uh, that he can't be quoted verbatim, but said that Sega of Japan aren't offering enough money to make it worthwhile to license the audio of for Lunar. The, the U.S. versions of Lunar, since they only want to play a flat fee to get as many games on there as possible without offering royalties, and they're confident it'll sell out, so they're not eager to go overboard more than they have to. Um, he says that the J- Japanese versions would be very, uh, very difficult for U.S. players and does not recommend them as a selling point. Um, so uh, Todd Siolik uh, had a Twitter thread that talked a little bit about this and said, it's easy to see Victor Ireland is selfish for not licensing the Lunar and Popful Mail localizations. That's another working designs games uh, that is in the Japanese version, but not in the U.S. version. Uh, but the right hol- rights holders want too much money is very common discussion of older media from classic films to MST3K movies. Sega is not positioning the Genesis Mini 2 as anything but a limited Amazon exclusive and won't pay extra. Uh, Victor Ireland may be choosing to get no money instead of merely less money, but those are his localizations, and I assume he has a firm idea of what they're worth to him. Um, and uh, I believe uh, John Harrison, uh, he also tweeted, Victor Ireland sold the North American publishing the script rights back to Lunar back to Game Arts. The only thing he still owns is the audio itself. The reason Lunar won't be on the Genesis Mini 2 is because Ireland wanted more money to license that audio. So there was an uh, interview that he did in 2016 with Operation Rainfall. Uh, And uh, they were talking about previous licensing of the audio for like a PSP version uh, and stuff like that. And Victor Ireland said, they asked, is this any of this is going to, could this happen again? And Victor Ireland in 2016 said, I'm not going to say no. But I think it would be cool to do. But the thing is that the way that the rights are with Lunar, we sold most of the rights back to Game Arts. So Game Arts has almost all the rights to Lunar, except for the performance rights to the audio. So really, they have most. And if the Lunar license was to happen, we would just be licensing that little piece so it would come out and would probably come out under their name. So they would be doing the marketing for it. So I think it's unlikely. But I'm not going to say no, but it's going to be co- it would be cool to do. And I would be fine with another version of Lunar, another console version. Just don't do crazy stuff like Harmony's Beginning. Uh, it just ruined the characters. I mean, uh, and then he goes on with something like that, stuff about that. A classic version somewhere halfway between the Mr. Sega CD and Mr. PlayStation telling the story would be cool. So uh, essentially, Dungeon Buster kind of helped me out on the Discord, uh, saying that uh, since the 90s, there have been two camps that either love or hate working designs, localization, legacy. Lunar on the Sega CD was also surfing that CD-ROM high and left a big impression on those that got it. Beautiful music, solid RPG gameplay, memorable characters, and animated cutscenes. Uh, so, um, yeah, 
And uh, there's speculation that Sega already agreed with Game Arts on a set fee for l- licensing Lunar Eternal Blue and Silver Star Story for the Japanese release. And uh, the uh, Ireland's demand set things back for uh, North America. Uh, and uh, now they're just like, all right, we're not going to have it. So um, it's a shame to not have the Lunar games. They are they are fantastic. I actually have my Sega CD version sitting here behind me. Uh, unfortunately, my Sega CD actually doesn't work right now. I think a fuse blew in it or something, so I don't actually, I can't play it right now. Uh, but uh, it, the rest of the collection sounded really cool to me, and so I, I still kept my pre-order for it. Uh, and uh, there's people were, I was running the video, uh, the, the six-minute tra- tra- trailer video that Sega put out with all the games, and Bregman's like, I've never heard of some of these games. Uh, there are those are previously unreleased titles, so they actually have several previously unreleased titles. Uh, are uh, Devil and P and Star Mobile, and then there are five new ports for Fantasy Zone, Space Harrier Two, and Space Harrier Spatter, Super Locomotive, and Versus Puyo Puyo's Son. So they were trying to compete with Star Fox Two that showed up on the SNES, uh, the, the SNES Classic, and uh, so they they decided to have a lot of these unreleased games, and they've got seven of them on there. Unfortunately, they have missed the golden opportunity, Sega, with your Sega CD. You missed your golden opportunity to finally release legitimately to the public Penn and Teller Smoke and Mirrors. Where is Desert Bus? Why didn't you put that on there? The game was finished. It was just never released. They had a manual for it. You, it was, it was a two-disc game, and yeah, a lot of it was 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 crap. But why is Penn and Teller Smoke and Mirrors not on this? Because, you know, I'm sure Penn and Teller would have been totally fine with it. So no Penn and Teller, no Lunar, no crisscross make my video, says SSJ on her mat. And I'm, I, still, I still kept my pre-order. We'll see if I actually get it. We are going to take a quick music break. And uh, then we'll probably talk about other Sega CD games that weren't on that list um, because there was like a there was a wrestling game, I think, on it. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, But yes, the world needs Desert Bus and it's not on there. But maybe there's other Sega CD games that you wish. I mean, the Terminator's not on it. That was that was a fun side scroller. Anyway, we're going to take a week music break and we'll be right back after this. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show. You're in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Hey, Bobby, this is Offer, and I'm just calling to let you know that I 100% agree with you that the Sonic CD US soundtrack is far superior to the Japanese one, not only because of Sonic Boom, but because of the freaking amazing version of Stardust Way Bad Future. Offer knows what's up. Yes. Absolutely. The, uh, the Sonic CD... Uh, U.S. soundtrack, much better than the Japanese soundtrack, and uh, I, I say that because everybody disagrees with me, but also because it is correct. If you want to leave a bumper, you can absolutely agree with me on something, and that will get you in. Uh, all you got to do is send me an audio or a video file of just your voice. Uh, I will choose which DMCA violation to put behind it, uh, and uh, you know may- maybe it'll be something that the that Victor Island won't want me to do. I don't know. Uh, but uh, if you want to leave, just send me something, audio or video, about coming back to the Bobby Blackwell Show and contact me on our Discord over Twitter. Uh, and uh, and uh, we'll put you in on the show so I'm not playing the same bumpers from like 10 years ago. 
So uh, some people were talking about some other games that they wanted to see on uh, the, the Sega CD. I think uh, SJR Nomad says, uh, part of me wants to put the NHL 94 Sega CD's version on it. Uh, to me, that's the best version of NHL 94 uh, in terms of the music and the overall presentation. Um and uh, and and uh, I think somebody was asking about Revolution X, uh, and it doesn't look like Revolution X was on the Sega CD. So uh, so yeah, I put the glasses on, and it's like uh, the, the the tilt five glasses on for this part. And Tark to see it says digging the glasses, but they do reflect the ceiling lights. It's actually reflecting my key lights. I've got two big key lights here, uh, and if I turn them off, then you can't see me. Uh, so uh, but I'll, I'll take them off because it is kind of reflecting some lights and stuff. I thought it'd be funny to wear my nerd glasses for the last part of the show, but I'm going to put them down. Um, so, yeah, and uh, you, probably the first glasses you might look cool in. No, you're not going to look cool wearing these. And I, I did get the black. They have them in multiple colors. There's the white and the gray and the black, and these are the black ones. So most people, I think a lot of people got the white ones for the Tilt 5. So uh, let me check. In. I don't think anybody was in the green room or talking about anything. Nope, doesn't look like it. Uh, I did not anger enough people tonight. Uh, but coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about video games for much, much longer than I do. And we like to check in with them and see what is going on there. And uh, hopefully I have my audio correct so it'll actually work. We will see. Because uh, I was having audio dry- audio issues earlier on. So Sacramento, are you there? I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I am doing well. Nothing wrong happened at that at all, podcast audience. That was very clean. It went from me saying that to Rob being here. It's no, a- and it was com- it was completely on your end. It had nothing to do with me running downstairs for a snack real quick before oh, okay. OLR. Uh, no, yeah, it was completely on my end. Well, I was having audio mm-hmm. issues, so yeah, I never knew. Um, fix your internet. Yes, I, I'm gonna. I need to fix. I need to be here. To fix my internet because I have been living in 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 a house. So if people don't really know what's going, what what I would talk about two weeks ago, uh, my childhood home is now mine uh, because uh, my mother passed away a couple weeks ago, uh, and uh, that's where I've been the whole time, combing through forty five years worth of stuff. Uh, and I have another week and a half until Dragon Con of just doing that all day every day. Uh, finding have been finding some neat stuff. My dad was in a movie. Did you, did yeah, you? I saw that. That so, was really cool. Yeah, so my dad. Now it, I, I can't find him in it. He was an extra, uh, but he was a teenager in Fort Lauderdale when an old old movie called Where the Boys Are, uh, which had Dolores Hart and Connie Francis. Uh, very famous song came from it. Apparently, like I had never heard of it, but like everybody older than me, like of course we know what Where the Boys Are. Uh, it was released in 1960. Well, he was in it. Apparently, he was an extra, and I because I found all the extra paperwork. Uh, for that and uh, so I tried to watch it and I couldn't find him so because they, he was like they're like you're in a beach scene at this corner every beach scene in that movie takes place at that corner and there's like 500 people in each shot if it seems nope. like so like he's probably like the, his back is probably to the camera at some point and I would never know <laughs> he's probably uh, in there somewhere <laughs> he's in there somewhere I know he was there because he got paid for it because uh, I saw all that stuff uh, but yeah finding finding stuff like that but Dragon Con is happening in two weeks we we got our schedule. You're on a third track. You got the three the triple tracks this time. Usually it was me. This time it's you. What are you doing? Um, I have a panel on the horror track oh. for the first time. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. A uh, little little behind the scenes. Uh, 
uh, preview. They actually asked me to do something in 2020, the virtual year, um, and I actually turned it down because I felt my knowledge of the subject matter was not going to be up to par. But the director kind of remembered that I had the foresight to do that and didn't take it as a negative. Mm -hmm. So um, I think he kind of came back this year when he had something that was a little maybe more my wheelhouse. And plus, you know, just even within the past two years, um, as things have been coming back from COVID um, a little more with live events and stuff, I've been doing more hosting, as, as some of you are aware. I've, I've kind of branched out beyond just cult movies, and I've had the fortune of hosting shows for, you know, I guess not really horror icons, but I, I John Waters comes to mind. But yeah. also, I, I did that Lost Boys show, and obviously Lost Boys is a huge like horror mm -hmm. gateway drug to a lot of people. So I've been, you know, doing, Twin Peaks was another one. So yeah. I've been doing more and more. And so um, long story short, I'm going to be doing a panel on um, horror why doesn't it get any respect? Uh, which um, I only have the little short blip that they sent over, but my assumption is why do movies like Hereditary, Midsommar, why do they not get recognized the way they should um, in Hollywood? So yeah. I have an interesting perspective on all that, being somebody who's kind of um, had a lot of awakenings with the genre in the past couple of years. So I'm really yeah. excited to participate. Yeah, and that's cool. And unfortunately, it, it was up against a panel that we were on, and uh, I, we were both on it, and so I'm not going to yeah. get to see your panel because yeah, I'm going to be on my panel. Cover. But that that literally happened to the year you did the EFF track and the year you yeah. did the Star Trek. I never saw any of those either. So, yeah. but it, I, I, I'm actually okay with it because otherwise, literally, we were on the exact same digital media panels. Yes, <laughs> every time. So it's it's okay to to have our own stuff a little bit. Uh, and Phoenix seven seven two six asks, are these panels streamed? Unfortunately, that one probably is not streamed. No. Uh, Dragon Con because Dragon Con is. It's and, and I'm going to say this in the sense of the structure of the website and not necessarily the people that are on it. But one of your friends, Rob, said Dragon Con is like the Reddit of conventions because it is really like 26 different conventions in one. Just like how you have subreddit, you have sub conventions. So like you can go and just be on the horror track and you've got a whole weekend worth of stuff and you can never leave the horror track. And it's and to you, Dragon Con is a horror convention to a lot of yep. people. We know Dragon Con is a podcasting and streaming convention because they never leave the digital media track. Some yep. people, it's just Star Trek. There's the space track where they literally bring in NASA astronauts and astrophysicists and rocket scientists, and it can be that EFF. It's an you know, it's all about di your rights online and digital privacy and stuff. So each track has their own, uh, does their own recording or streaming. Uh, so like the Skept track, which is all the skeptics and stuff, they have like a full blown like television studio they build out. It's kind of interesting. Like it looks like a full on television set, uh, which the digital yeah, media track doesn't have. Yeah. Uh, so they stream or they at least record and put everything up and it's like a very professional setup. The digital media track does stream one of their two panel rooms and one of the uh, ones we are on. Uh, it is going to be on that Twitch stream. So it's twitch.tv slash uh, DC Digital Media. And that is the Friday at 2.30 Eastern panel, uh, the one that we actually submitted. So we got the main room. All my other panels are in the other room that aren't streamed, but they do record them. And then in terms of the other panels from other tracks, it really depends on if they're considered main programming or not. So mm. the ballroom panels, there is a subscription service called DragonCon TV. And the ones that we have in the ballroom, so like our Red Dead Redemption voice actor, because I know you've got their Monday panel. Yep. Those will be at, available on DragonCon TV, but probably not live. 
So you have, yeah. but you have to pay for DragonCon TV to get that, and it would be on demand. Uh, because the the live stuff is the big stuff. That's your William Shatner's and your George Takei's. They're going to air those live. Uh, but then you can go on demand for some of these other ballroom panels. But like the smaller panels, like the horror track, probably not streamed or recorded anywhere. Um, and some, sometimes they record those panels and then they show up on the so DragonCon TV as a secondary channel, um, TV Land basically during the um, convention itself. Because I've, I'm told. The Overwatch panel I did a few years ago shows up in rotation on that, even though it wasn't broadcast live at the time. I think because it got a late start because of the parade, it probably really fits a nice little time slot there. So um, it it squeezes into less than an hour. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that one is in rerun. But that's kind of a neat thing to be like, oh, you can see me on as seen on DragonCon TV. Yes, and and they even like have on the back of the placards, which I'm going to steal mine this year. Uh, where it actually says, like, because on the front it has your name, and that's what the audience sees, and on the back it's like, by the way, you're going to be on DragonCon TV, so don't smile. screw up. Yeah. You know, yeah. smile, you're on DragonCon TV. Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's actually it's going to be my second ballroom panel. Hopefully this is going to be the first one that's going to be full, uh, because the, the last ballroom panel I did was uh, in 2019, and it was the voice actors from Final Fantasy and Persona. So it was uh, the voice actor who was Noctis in Final Fantasy XV, uh, Prompto in Final Fantasy XV, and then Ryuji from Persona 5. Uh, and they were great, but uh, David Tennant was next door, like literally <laughs> in the other ballroom. So we had maybe like 20 people in this ballroom that holds maybe, you know, a couple hundred. And we had like maybe 20 or 30 people because David Tennant was next door. To, so. to be, I, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity and happy for the um, experience. I feel like that's what the Monday panel is going to be like yeah. because it's Monday. But I'm I'm thrilled to do it. And, and it's also going to be their third because it looks like they're like doing fourth. A, or fourth. Are they doing them every day? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. yeah. So we have the Sunday, Monday. So the people that really are big into it are going to show up Friday and Saturday. And so then you know we may and and I'm not going to be at those Friday and Saturday, so I'm not going to know if there's re- repeats or anything like that. So. I know that's what I'm a little worried about, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, S.J. Romance says the Daleks sabotage the panel. Probably. I don't know. I kind of felt bad for the the guests because this was their first Dragon Con. But they did another show like late at night and it was like out the door, you know, waiting list stuff. So so they had a good Dragon Con experience. I was going to say that panel that we're on that's being streamed is almost certainly going to be that because of the other guests that are on the panel. And I remember because they were on digital media either last year or the year before the pandemic, and they had that same problem in room six. That room was full instantly. Yeah. So um, it's going to have to be streamed because people will be sitting outside in the lobby watching it on the stream. Yeah. Yeah. Because the McElroys are on it. And uh, Justin McElroy used to be a joystick. And, yeah, it's other than that, I just and I, I'm not trying to sound snobby. I just I'm not familiar with their work because yeah. so many podcasts, so little time. But I have friends that are super into it that yeah. I was like, oh, you'll get a hoot out of this. <laughs> yeah, no. And I just I remember him from the Joystick podcast because like yeah. back in the back in the early days, uh, this is my one Justin McElroy story. And he may not even remember this. He probably doesn't because this was in the this was like 2005, 2006, like right in the very beginning uh, I was at PAX, and uh, this might have been 2007 or something, like before we did our big thing at PAX, and so this was when I was going to PAX Prime, now West. And Justin McElroy was there with uh, with at Joystick, and whoever was, and I don't remember who the editor-in-chief was at Joystick, 
at the time, but I had like this little tiny table outside. It was Pat Chris Gross. something. Yeah, it was a Chris something, and not Chris Kohler, but uh, it was a different Chris. No, it was, he, I think he went by Christopher. Yeah, yeah, and um, I I was like, hey, you want to come on my podcast and my live stream because I was streaming on All Games Live at the time with this little tiny table. And uh, and he, I had him on there, and Justin McElroy was sitting. He's like, Chris is on a podcast. Gosh darn it! And so the next episode of the Joystick Podcast is like, I'm going to narrow cast at Bobby Blackwolf. How dare you? Blah 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 blah. And so like, I, I always remember that. And I met him up. I met up with him at E3 and introduced myself. And he's like, you. And then you know, now that's like 15 years ago. So that's my Justin story that we we communicated via podcast, narrow cast, broadcast, whatever, back in like 2007. Be sure to remind him of that. I will. I will. And, and, and yeah, reminding people of the past is a great way to connect with the younger audience because that's what that panel is all about. Um, if you whip out that story in the middle of the panel, I'm going to laugh so hard. I'm probably, I'm probably going to do that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what else are you going to be talking about on OLR tonight? Uh, well, we'll get into some other news from the week, which includes, ooh, Embracer continues to expand their empire. Yes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about all the things that they have snapped up this week. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about um, another crypto game has gone under, and we are just shocked, Bobby Blackwolf. We are shocked. We are. Um, I'm also shocked that someone had the audacity to create a mod to remove a pride flag uh, from uh, the Spider-Man game that just recently came out on PC. And uh, I got that person in a lot of trouble, and you know I got something to say about that, uh, and I'm sure Dark Soccer does too, so we're going to get into that in just a little bit. All right, yes, the uh, European Tencent strikes again. Uh, if, I hadn't, if I wasn't talking Tilt 5, I probably would have talked about that tonight, because that's a, that's, that involves a local company just up the road from me, and it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to—and there, there's a reason that that happened as well. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, may, maybe when OLR talks about it, I will put it in chat, and you can read my comments on OLR. <laughs> Always happy to. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I forgot. I realized I forgot to put Rob's face back on the screen after I switched over to something else. Uh, Sorry for that. That is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Come join us live and interact with the show directly. Uh, We will not be here in two weeks, though. We'll be at DragonCon, but next week we will be here. Uh, our Discord is vognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where we're going to be throughout the week. We're also going to be posting in the conventions channel in there about DragonCon. Uh, so that's where you can kind of keep up with us at DragonCon. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters who go above and beyond. You being here is all we really ask for, uh, but going above and beyond is amazing, and, uh, and I, I really, really appreciate it. We had a hype train earlier tonight. Uh, so thank you so much. Mike Deft resubscribed. Thank you for much for the 44 months as did orange, right? Both of them for 44 months since the beginning, since we became affiliate here on Twitch. So thank you so much for that. Uh, that kicked off a hype train. It looks like actually what kicked off the hype train was pod culture, gifting a community sub to Rob Roberts because Rob was waiting to hit the, I'm going to resubscribe with prime button and, uh, pod culture is like, no, I'm going to pay for you. So thank you so much for that. So Rob Roberts gifted a sub to Arrington20. Thank you so much for that random gift sub to pay it forward 
Thank you so much for that. And that got us our hype train complete at level two for four subscriptions, 100 bits, because Sean322 cheered 100 bits during that hype train. Thank you so much for that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit the button, which says uh, that I'm going to get out of here and uh, figure out if there's any more audio problems that I'm going to run into after the show's done. And uh, I will see you next week. And uh, be good to each other. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Bog Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.